Good morning. How's it going? Uh, I was not dancing in the back like uh, Rebecca was, but I was dancing last night. My family and I went to a barn dance in Fairfax. That was a good time. Um, last Sunday, we started our second year of this big series called Three Years with Jesus. And uh, the first mini-series in the second year is Stories Jesus Told. So we're looking at different stories Jesus told, these parables that Jesus came to share, to talk about uh, this way of life that he invites us into. And um, last week, There were a couple of things we talked about, and I want to return to one in a moment uh, because apparently there was some confusion around it. But um, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. If you want to follow along, you're more than welcome to. There are Bibles under the chairs in front of you. And uh, in Mark chapter 4, today the main text we're going to look at is this parable that begins in verse 26. But... uh, There's some things I want to talk about first before we jump into this one. And no less than three times in Mark 4 does Jesus talk about uh, the importance of listening, the importance of paying attention, the importance of understanding. Notice this uh, in verse 3, Jesus starts by saying, listen. And in verse 9, Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And in verse 24, consider carefully what you hear. So Jesus comes telling stories, Jesus comes giving teachings, and Jesus says it's important to listen, to pay attention. Uh, If you have ears, hear what Jesus is saying, because Jesus is inviting us into a new way, a different way of being human in the world. And this way that Jesus invites us into looks different than what we might expect. In Mark 4, there are two stories about uh, a farmer scattering seeds. So before we look at that, uh, there's a different text I want to look at that Jesus says in John. He says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. I think this will inform some of what we're looking at in Mark 4. Jesus is talking about this way that he's inviting people into because uh, there was this idea in the Jewish consciousness in the first century that the Messiah would come and set up an earthly kingdom, drive out the oppressor Rome, and set up an earthly kingdom and rule and reign on earth. And Jesus is trying to help people understand that that is not what his kingdom looks like. And he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Jesus is constantly inviting people into this way of dying to self, of self-giving love, of giving ourselves away for the sake of the world. And this is exactly what Jesus did when Jesus came among us. Uh, And so I put up this slide last week and said, the question is not, how do we keep what is rightfully ours? Rather, how are we living a life of radical dissent? Uh, And apparently, because of some things I was talking about last week, uh, there were two or three people who thought I misspelled dissent and that I meant dissent. And that's a whole different conversation, I think. What does it look like to live lives of radical dissent? Uh, 
to be a presence or a voice of dissent uh, amongst uh, things that we should be dissenting against. Uh, but I did not misspell it. Uh, I meant the opposite of assent, and it, it connects to what Jesus is saying when he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it descends into the ground, it dies in order to bring new life. And we uh, briefly looked at Philippians 2 last week, that this Jesus, who somehow eternally existed with the Father, went through radical descent and came among us as a human being. And this Jesus, who could have set up an earthly kingdom had he chose, that looked like the kingdoms of the world, instead chose a way of radical descent to show us a different way of being in the world, a different kind of kingdom. And this same Jesus uh, went the long, hard road of radical descent to the cross. And uh, I simply think this, next slide, that to walk the road of radical descent is to follow Jesus in becoming a servant for the sake of the world. Uh, That this kingdom Jesus came to help wake us up to looks radically different than the kingdoms of the world. And so in Mark 4, Jesus launches into this parable about a farmer, and I'm looking in verse 3 now. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then he goes on to explain this parable to his disciples. In verse 13, he says, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. Now, if you've heard this parable before and uh, you've discussed it with others or heard it taught on, uh, I don't know what you've heard, but I've often heard this story of Jesus talked about in terms of uh, what the church may have historically called salvation, that, that those who, where the seed falls on good soil, uh, they inherit salvation, inherit eternal life, whatever that might mean or look like. And uh, I wonder if we might look at it a little differently. Uh, I, I think Jesus is talking about life here and now, not, not just some life in the next world, whatever that may look like, but that there is seed being scattered constantly. And I think rather than looking at the seed and the ones who received it on the good soil, I wonder what it looks like instead 
to look at the condition of the soil. And that for us, we are the ones who get to make decisions each day on what the soil of our heart is like. And that there are seeds being scattered every day. This is not just a, like a one-time seed of salvation. This is, these are seeds of the kingdom being scattered every day. And the way we cultivate our own hearts, the way we look at reality and experience reality and reject or accept reality is the measure to which we will accept or reject the seeds being scattered. And each and every day, we are being invited to cultivate the soil of our souls, cultivate the soil of our hearts to wake up more and more to what God wants to do within us for the sake of the world. Uh, I wonder if the invitation is to allow the soil of our own souls to be more and more cultivated, to be deeper and deeper, that God wants to do something in us that will then allow us to, to scatter seeds in the world. And, and wherever it falls, we, we aren't responsible for whether the soil of someone else's heart is rocky or not. All we're responsible for is to scatter the seeds, to be voices of hope, to be voices of patience and love and joy, and to scatter that kind of seed in the world. When we get to the next parable, it's similar but different. In verse 26, Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. So there, there are these parables that people refer to as the kingdom parables, that Jesus is telling us what God's kingdom looks like, and that it looks radically different than the kingdoms of the world. Uh, Many people would understand this kingdom that Jesus came to usher in was uh, the Old Testament word shalom, which means universal flourishing, abundant peace, the way things ought to be, all, all is well and all manner of things shall be well. Uh, this idea of right relationships with God and with others and within the self and with the planet itself, that this is shalom. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom, he's talking about the kingdom of shalom, not a mighty, victorious uh, military kingdom, but a kingdom that brings peace and harmony and joy right here in our midst. And so in Jesus's day, there were different groups of people. There were uh, the zealots who believed God's kingdom would be ushered in through military violence. There were the Essenes who believed that the only way to experience God's kingdom were, was to withdraw from the world and separate themselves from the world and not engage with the world at all. And Jesus comes and says, neither option is a good option for experiencing the kingdom of God right here on earth right now. The way to experience the kingdom of God is to engage fully in the world. And, and what did Jesus get accused of because he engaged fully in the world? He was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton. Uh, he hung out with the wrong people. 
He had fellowship, table fellowship with the wrong people, and he was always accused of being a drunkard and a glutton or uh, being way misguided. Uh, ultimately, the religious elite of Jesus' day have him nailed to a cross because they can't accept this different way, this different kingdom. Uh, their way was threatened. And so Jesus shows a different way, and it's ultimately this way of radical descent that leads all the way to the cross. And so Jesus says, this is what the kingdom looks like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And so uh, this is an interesting parable. And I, to be honest, I don't fully know what to think of it, but I have some thoughts. Uh, you like that, Larry? Um, <clears throat> first uh, thought is that the kingdom... Jesus says that this is what the kingdom is like. It's like scattering seed. Uh, and so I, I'd simply refer to this as scattering seeds of shalom. And I wonder for us, what does it look like to scatter seeds of shalom? Uh, how are we scattering seeds of shalom in our own life and in our own areas of influence. Uh, another thought is that this, this seems to happen uh, both mysteriously, uh, the farmers, he doesn't know how it happens, both mysteriously and in stages. And so the seed is, uh, the seed is scattered, and then something eventually, mysteriously, is birthed from the earth and begins to grow and sprout until eventually it's harvest time. And so it seems, at least from this story, that there is a huge element of God's kingdom that remains a mystery. And it grows and expands. And we know now that the universe we live in is expanding. It's always expanding. That is a mystery to me. I find that absolutely fascinating that we live in a universe that is constantly expanding. And so if this universe that we live in is within God's realm, it seems to me that it connects that God's kingdom is ever expanding and that we are within it and we are a part of it. Now, it also seems to me that if this mystery of the universe ever expanding is true, what if it is also true that the mystery of the universe of our soul is ever expanding? If the outside world is always expanding, what if it's possible that the interior life is always expanding? and growing. Uh, I think that's part of these stages of growth. Jesus uses this, this metaphor of scattering seed and growth 
and something opening up and emerging? What if the invitation is for us to always be opening up to more? I think this is part of what Jesus was getting at in John 3 when this man, this religious man, Nicodemus, comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you must be born again. I don't think Jesus was saying you have to say a prayer, this one-time prayer, and then you'll get an eternal life. I think Jesus was inviting Nicodemus to wake up to the more. Nicodemus had been living in this religious context, and all he knew were the laws and the rules and the regulations of his Pharisaic sect. And Jesus was saying, wake up. Be born again because there is more. The kingdom of God is always opening up, always expanding, and there is always more. And I believe the invitation for us is to be born again, again, and again, and again. To keep growing, to keep emerging, to keep opening up, to keep being born again, to keep waking up to the more of God's kingdom. Uh, so Jesus uses these ideas and metaphors from his first century context of scattering seed, of growth, of new life emerging from the ground. And I can't help but believe that people hearing this story in the first century and, and hearing uh, about cultivating the ground and harvesting their mind would have, when, when, God said, when Jesus says, this is what the kingdom is like, their mind would have gone back to some of these images from the prophet Isaiah when he talks about God's kingdom and what will happen someday uh, when God brings the world to rights. And this is something Isaiah said at one time. Oh, my top line's cut off. Uh, so, so, yes. To the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. Now remember that early Christians talked about, before they were ever called Christians, they were called people of the way. They walked in a certain way. And Isaiah is talking about God's ways, walking in God's paths. And, and the early Christians who believed Jesus showed us what God is really like, walked in the way of Jesus. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. And so this image is being evoked for Jesus's listeners of this way that, oh, yes, that's right. Even Isaiah talked about God's kingdom being a kingdom of shalom, that our weapons of war will become tools for cultivating the earth. Ah, yes, God's kingdom is a kingdom of shalom, not one that will be ushered in through violence, but it will be ushered in through radical 
descent, giving ourselves away for the sake of the world, scattering seeds of shalom. This is the invitation of Jesus. Next slide. So my thought, scattering seeds of shalom invites participation in the patient, hopeful emergence of God's shalom here on earth as it is in heaven. So I wonder for us today, what does it look like to be a people who scatter seeds of shalom? Uh, What is the relationship you're in, a situation you're in, whether at home or work or school or friends, family? What are the seeds of shalom you are invited to scatter? Uh, Even when it feels like it's always defeat, that it never works. Part of this parable, part of what this parable teaches us is that the process of human formation is long, hard, and slow. It's not just a Here's one seed, I'm saved, bam! It's this long, slow process of becoming more fully human, more fully the people God created us to be. Uh, I'm sure there are people here today who who, uh, for years you felt like you were scattering seed to your children and it just felt like it was bouncing off rocky soil over and over and over again. And then one day they said something or did something and you're like, oh my goodness, how did that happen? It's because you were patient. It's because for years you scattered seed, even if it was just bouncing off, some of it landed, some of it penetrated, and some of it took root and it gave birth. For some of you, you feel like you're scattering seed and it's still bouncing off. Keep scattering the seeds of shalom because even though some of it is bouncing off, you have no idea how many of those seeds are taking root. And someday, you're going to see it grow and it's going to be beautiful. Uh, You may be wrestling with something in your own life, an addiction or or some kind of brokenness in your own life, and you've been trying to to overcome it. Uh, Keep at it. Keep at it. Because the seed will take root. It'll grow. It'll emerge eventually. Because God is the one who somehow mysteriously causes it to grow. Uh, This farmer scattered seed and then went to bed and got up and then suddenly, oh, how did that happen? The, The Spirit of God is moving in ways we can't even imagine and is causing those seeds to bear fruit. Uh, Keep scattering seeds of shalom, even when you think the soil is rocky. Keep scattering 
the seeds because some will take root. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on others because God doesn't give up on you and God doesn't give up on others. So we should be like God and not give up on ourselves or others either. Uh, some ways to perhaps process and think about what does it look like to scatter seeds of shalom. Uh, Henry Nouwen gave a list of questions that he found helpful for his own life, that I find helpful, uh, that would be helpful for us to contemplate. Uh, am I scattering seeds of shalom? These are, these are some. Did I offer peace today? Did I bring a smile to someone's face? Did I say words of healing? Did I let go of my anger and resentment? Did I forgive? Did I love? This morning, as we come and take the bread and dip it in the cup, I invite you to just consider these questions. Maybe just pick one. Pick one of these questions that you find helpful as a seed of shalom that you can scatter in your own life, uh, that you can scatter all around you. Uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, came among us and lived and died. And when we come and partake, I, uh, I don't know, there's all kinds of different people in this room. Some of you grew up in a religious context. Uh, some of you didn't. Um, I grew up in a highly religious context where almost every Sunday there was an altar call. Uh, and uh, when people ask about Baymarin and um, what's it like, uh, I, I like to joke that we do an altar call every Sunday. It's called the Eucharist, the table, uh, the Lord's Supper. Uh, that every Sunday we are invited into this radical descent to participate with Christ in his death. And the path of radical descent always leads to joy and to life and to resurrection. That's the mystery. That's the paradox of the kingdom. That, that this way of giving of ourselves, this self-giving love, isn't this woe is me, isn't this uh, oh look how humble I am. It's, it's this paradox that when we give ourselves away, for the sake of the world. It brings life and joy and delight. Uh, the author of Hebrews says of Jesus that th this crazy paradox, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That, that somehow it brought joy. Because Jesus not only came to show us how to live, Jesus came to show us how to die so that we could live again. Jesus invites us into this, this radical path of many deaths, teaching us how to die, a, a training in dying. And I think each Sunday when we have our altar call and we come and take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup, it's a training in dying. It, it's a training in giving ourselves away. It's a training in, in this invitation into union with the divine union with Christ in living a radically different kind of life where we get to scatter seeds of shalom all around us. So as you come this morning, uh, I simply invite you to ponder 
these questions from Henry Nouwen and, and ask, where, God, are you inviting me to scatter seeds of shalom? Because some, some are going to hit rocky soil, but some are going to take root. And it's going to bring beauty and life. God, thank you for the beauty and life you offer us. Thank you for the seeds of shalom you planted within our souls. And God, I pray that we would be a people who would be constantly opening more and more to your ever-expanding kingdom, both within and without. God, this morning as we partake of the bread and the cup, open our eyes more, open our ears more, open our hearts and souls more to more of you. God, cultivate our hearts and deepen the soil within us. 